What's going on? Well, we're recording this on the weekend, um, but by the time this gets released, uh, it will it will probably be the 29th of January, which is a really important date. Um, it's not the topic of this episode, but I I do want to start off by reminding folks that uh, January 29th, 2017, was the night that uh, a gunman walked into the uh, Islamic Cultural Center in Saint Foy, Quebec City. And, uh, and we're two years away from that uh, horrific event. And I hope that I hope that you're marking it somehow, or you've marked it somehow, depending on when you're when you're listening to this. Um, Because it's, uh, it's hard for me to see how it goes from the rest of the country. It's kind of like the big issue that's going on here. Um, But I suspect that it's not, it's not getting remembered as much as it perhaps should be. Or maybe I'm wrong. I don't think that you're wrong. I don't think that you're wrong. So I think it it is important for folks to, to, as you say, mark. I, you know, I don't I don't know what the best word to use here is, but mark. This day. And, to not forget that it's something that happened, or erase it from Canada's called Canada's cultural, uh, memory, uh, as. The kind of uh, cultural machine that operates the existence of this place would have us mm-hmm. do mm-hmm. yeah so that's that's what's been going on for me uh how are you okay i've been like <laughs> marveling at the idea that an entire uh federal operation can just shut down in the united states <laughs> just seems like a weird <laughs> thing to just build into the way a country works you know Totally. But, you know, we Canada has, you know, one-upped, I feel, the U.S. on this by making sure that federal workers don't get paid without a shutdown. So there's that. <laughs> I know. I, I haven't been uh, trolled. I've been, I've, been, I've been trolled, like, intensely in the last couple of weeks for consistently making that connection between the Phoenix payroll uh, scandal. And, of course, the height of it was 2016, you know, where... Oh, wait, you did? You made that connection, too? I didn't know that you did. Oh, yeah. I just, I totally thought I was being clever just now. No, it's so good. And nobody else had ever thought about it. No, no, it's so good because, (laughs) like, I, for two weekends in a row, it was, like, nonstop liberals being like, you're fucked. That's, that's fucked up. That's not right. That's not what happened. That was Harper's fault. That was Trudeau's fault. And it was just like, can you people go read a fucking newspaper? (laughs) Okay. Oh, so they're going to argue that it's Harper's fault, but even though Trudeau's had how much time to fix it, even if that was the case? Uh, yeah, except also Trudeau was the one that implemented it. So oh, <laughs> it was, it, it was, it, you know, it had been, the ball had been rolling, but he, he was the one that, that actually implemented the program despite all of the, the red flags and all of the warnings. So womp womp. sorry, Trudeau. <laughs> I've also been thinking a lot about, and this is what we are going to be talking about today, about these Covington bo- Covington boys. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. And the idea that that some youth don't 
get to be considered youth, get to be considered kids and don't experience any consequences for things that they do. <laughs> and we must apologize to them because we we just, uh, you know, we've been we're not thinking about them as kids. We don't have the full picture and do not believe what you're seeing because there's a whole other story here. Disregard the MAGA hats, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> all of that so I've been like that's kind of been on my mind and I guess we're just gonna talk about that let's just talk about it I yeah before we do I want to mention that I was talking uh to someone um on another podcast Canadian Glenn uh this past week and he mentioned that uh folks in Edmonton a lot of young women in Edmonton listen to the podcast so I wanted to say oh hey Edmonton, hey, Edmonton. what's up <laughs> What is up? I've never been to Edmonton. You've never been? No. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. No, I've never been to Edmonton. It's a, it's, I don't know. It's like a place. I've never been to Alberta, actually. I've never been to Alberta. Edmonton is not my, on the top of uh, my cities that I love to visit. There's a lot of great people (laughs) in Edmonton and I like going. Mm -hmm. My sister-in-law's mm-hmm. brother has a really great set of restaurants for Korean fried chicken. <laughs> so that's really great. Ooh, cool. Yeah. But mm-hmm. um, but Edmonton is full of a lot of really good people. So that's pretty much its, its big charm. And there's a big river valley. But I think the people are better than the river valley. All right. Well, hello, Edmonton. Thanks for listening to us. We love you. Totally. Uh, Covington. So those, those smug, fucking, racist, mocking piece of shit yeah so if you've been living under a rug and haven't been on the social media at all then maybe you don't know about this story and so we'll give you a little a little synopsis of what has gone down so on the what day what day was that it was like the a couple saturdays ago a saturday a couple saturdays ago by the time you listen to this podcast There was a few things going down on the Washington Mall. One was the Women's March, which took place all over the globe. Uh, One was the Indigenous People's March. It's a march, march on Washington. And one was like, uh, like, I guess, an anti-choice march, probably in response to the Women's March. And all of these things had a bit of an interaction, I suppose, on the Washington Mall, in which which culminated in an indigenous man, Nathan Phillips, who was drumming and singing with a number of other indigenous people alongside him, uh, being confronted by... Dozens of young white boys or older white boys who were mocking him, uh, making some pretty clearly racist, like dancing and singing along, you know, just mocking what Nathan Phillips was doing. Uh, In addition to one boy in particular who was standing very, 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 very close to him and just smirking the entire time. And of course, like this was picked up by a number of people on Twitter as something that was um, 
extremely disrespectful, entirely racist, and uh, it went viral and people rightfully called out that this was an awful thing. And then the internet did its whole internet thing. Nora? Yeah, it started with an article from Reason.com, which is like a wacky, a wacky libertarian online magazine. And um, and it published like the, the longer cut of the video and made the argument that everything that you thought you saw, you didn't see because actually there was some black men who were menacing and they were not in the, in the original video. And they're like a cult called the Black Hebrew Israelites. <laughs> and <laughs> and through this like through this torqued story of what actually happened, according to the, the guy from, from Reason, and his last name I believe is Suave. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or maybe it's not pronounced that way, but I believe that's how it's spelled. Um he uh he managed to that plus the army of of right wing internet trolls that exist they they managed to get enough credibility and enough uh people talking about that frame of what happened for the entire story to get flipped on its head uh and a lot of mainstream journalists publishing that whoa we got this whole video wrong actually uh Nathan Phillips put himself into this crowd of racists these racists were just being racist Without him, before he showed up, <laughs> then so can you see how that would be totally different? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. And then it became even weirder in that um, one of the the kids, uh, Sandman or whatever his name is, like gets his really expensive PR firm to put out a statement. And Sandman's the kid who was, like, smirking at the front and to put out a statement about how he was actually the most altruistic person there. (laughs) He was just trying to, you know, as the hero kid that he is, he was just trying to de-escalate everything that was going on. He was, you know, he was trying to save the indigenous people and his friends from the evil black people. And, um, you know, we just like, you couldn't see in the video with him and his MAGA hat and all of his friends and the smirk, but he was really just trying to be, to save everyone from what could have been a violent confrontation. Well, and didn't he actually say he was praying? (laughs) Like, that he was he, in the release i don't think so I, did it say that at some, yeah at some <laughs> point he was he was literally the claim was he was literally praying to try and de-escalate the situation he was, he was saying a prayer oh god yeah it's like the fuck you oh, were god so of course um nbc interviews this cat and he and he and i didn't watch the interview i watched um, it but i did uh see that he didn't blink in something like apparently he didn't blink in like 25 seconds or something (laughs) i i I just think that that's amazing that you could sit on national television and not fucking blink like what there are bright lights there it was a it was like a it was very obviously rehearsed um the and not that that's bad like everyone should rehearse when they go on media but it was just like 
not just rehearsed, but so disingenuous. <laughs> like when you're watching it, you're like, what? Like he doesn't even believe the words that are coming out of his mouth. This is very strange. Um, but yeah, so the Today Show, uh, it's I think it was the Today Show. Yeah. Interviews a kid. Yeah. And, and he's like, you know, I am good. Everyone else was bad, but I didn't know it. And I don't hate anyone. I would love to have a conversation with Nathan Phillips, who I really disrespected no he didn't say that part sorry that was my own editorializing <laughs> i would love to have a, a, a meeting with nathan phillips so that we can just chat uh-huh because i was just there trying to de-escalate him and whatever he was gonna do he was a frightened little child so this whole story makes me so annoyed and i barely want to talk about this because i just <laughs> It's like been so oversaturated, but there's like a few things to consider. Um, one is that the fact that this is a story at all um, and the way that the media treat, treated it in, you know, like uh, talking about this thing that went viral and then reversing um, kind of like the 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 you know, mass greed upon opinion because of the organizing of right-wing entities on the internet and a PR firm is one thing. But before we even get there, I think that one of the more important things to discuss is like who gets this shot at redemption, especially as young, young boys, like who, who, which type of young kids or I guess they're older kids. Which type of young people? Which type of young people get this shot at redemption? And that is a that is an important thing to consider coming out of this. And it's an important thing to consider coming out of what happened at uh, St. Michael's College School. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. In Toronto <laughs> earlier this year. What happened at St. Michael's College earlier this year, Nora? Well, St. Mike's has been uh, under uh, the radar for several instances of sexual assault allegations. And mm-hmm. and so if you haven't heard about St. Michael's College, it's a, it's a private high school in Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of it's 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 a school that you go to if you're well to do. Yeah. <laughs> Tuition is $19,500 at this school. In total, with everything, um, it is $21,000 a year. Right, right. So, so like, a lot of people have boiled down the, the Covington situation into, you know, young white kid, uh, racist towards old indigenous man. And this is, like, there's a lot of America and North America going on, and really all settler colonial states going on in this picture. But the the ability to purchase your way into the upper class for young white men is I think at the heart of this, and that's really does what has the, that connection to um, to the to the private school system in Toronto, where the mm-hmm. same thing is you're able to purchase your access to the upper class or the ruling class or the elites. Um, Covington is, I guess, a school that um, is well. It's a private school that it's it, it's known for you know its racism. Uh, the 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 boys in the same video uh, were harassing a woman or an older older teen girl. I'm not even sure on the street. So these guys are like they're living in a world of of 
fucking filth, I guess. <laughs> Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. the chief priest or the head priest of the of the Covington school, like he's online, like being all like ultra right wing and shitty as well. So but again, it's one of these schools where you purchase your way into the upper classes. And and of course, because our class system is deeply racist as well, um, it's not just anybody that can purchase their way into the upper classes. And so the fact that uh, Sandman also purchased, purchased his way through into redemption and found his way onto the Tay show through redemption was um, was uh, not a coincidence. Obviously, these people, that's what they live to do. They live to purchase their success. And pretty much that's how <laughs> that's how people get into power is they purchase their success. But there was a there was something that happened with the Covington thing that that made me think of St. Mike's instantly, which was how the mothers responded. Mm-hmm. Mm. Say more. Well, the mothers uh, from Covington were were like the voices defending their kids, which I guess is not too surprising, but defending their kids in a very like specific way where it's like, again, they're the ones that are signing the checks for them to even go to these schools. They're signing their checks yep. to PR firms. They're the ones saying that yep. they could go in the air. It was really fucked up too because it's like you, you have a situation with it where there's still kids, right? So on the Today mm-hmm. Show thing, I was like, man, you're still interviewing a fucking kid. And then it's like, but he's not a normal kid. (laughs) This is a kid that doesn't blink. (laughs) (laughs) He's a kid that doesn't blink and has access to tons of wealth and power. Right. (laughs) And so there was a video that was, that made the news in uh, Toronto right after the, the first set of allegations came out about sexual Mm -hmm. assault at St. Mike's where two women and two mothers were like screaming at the media, shame on you, shame on you. These are just kids and all this kind of shit. And it's like, wow, you, you folks are all like related or something, aren't you? (laughs) Cut from the Mm -hmm. same cloth. Mm -hmm. It's just so interesting that uh, there's like an automatic consideration for people of this class that there that there like there's an openness in our society to like having a reexamination based on things that they tell us about whether or not they are truly deserving of any sort of criticism or critique because you know i i think the the response after the response like the response to the right wing saying you know these boys are just boys and we just didn't understand and here is a longer video um, that shows that they uh, are still wearing MAGA hats and are idiots. But look, uh, Nathan Phillip walked up to them. Like, what the fuck? And then the whole world is like, oh, my God, so sorry. <laughs> so sorry. Sorry for what? Like, this is a, a pretty awful thing that's happened. And I don't know about y'all, but I remember as a kid having like consequences and like <laughs> um, critique when I did shitty, stupid things. And I, I, I just think it's really baffling that we're we allow ourselves to, well, we <laughs> that the culture allows itself to to reconsider like what we know to be true, what we know to be. Uh, right and moral in the case of you know these these very wealthy kids because it doesn't happen for everybody you know there's countless examples of people who have been tried as adults for example in the court of law or you know who've been 
which happened just this week in Canada, uh, kids who are charged with terrorism. You know, like what what children get to be considered children and how does that happen versus what children get to buy their way out of ever having to experience any sort of comp- uh, um, consequences for anything they do. And, um, you know, I went to U of T. I know a, a thousand versions of these guys and what that does to them. And what it does is it like results in the government that we have in Ontario. It's just, you know, when there's it when there's zero consequence and you know that you can just purchase your way out. One of the videos uh, that I didn't see a lot of people talking about this particular thing. Actually, I didn't see anyone talking about this. I didn't watch all the videos in all of their um entirety because you don't need to and what a waste of time but there was one video where uh the boys are like jumping and singing along singing along mocking nathan phillip and doing a lot of jumping and uh nathan Mm -hmm. phillips kind of moving and uh and there's a point where one of the boys, you know, they're, they're so close to him. They're like nope. getting closer and closer because they're jumping towards him. And then he moves a little bit. And one of the boys yells out, don't touch him. Don't you dare touch him or something like that. And it was just like, you know, he, they're doing that because they know that they can force consequences. Even though they're the ones getting so close, they know that if he touches them first, they are the ones who can force consequences upon him. They know the power that they have. It's, it's, it's why Nick Sandman can stand so close and just smirk the entire time because he knows that he's the one who's powerful in this situation, that he can go to mom and say, hey, I need you to buy me out of this. And quite frankly, that's a kid who understands the world. And doesn't deserve any sort of fucking remorse from me. No. <laughs> Jesus. Or no. apology from the rest of the world for recognizing a highly immoral situation. Guys, they were making they were wearing making America great again hats. At a fucking anti-choice rally. <laughs> <laughs> At an anti-choice rally that happened on the same day as the women's march. Like, beyond all the other videos that people found of them doing and saying other things, beyond anything else, they're already in dick territory, okay? Like, there's nothing. And, like, you can tell me that they've been uh, brainwashed or whatever or blah, blah. I don't, like, it doesn't, that's not. (laughs) People need consequences. There needs to be consequences when something so heinous is being done and they understand what they're doing there's a there's an option to just stand around and do nothing even if this was a ridiculously contrived school trip by whatever priests or whatever happened happened to be at their school who decided that this was the thing to do that day um they there was no requirement for them to do all of the things that they're doing so bun that well, and you zoom out even more that, like, our we have a, a psychopathic class of decision makers in both Canada and the United States, and it's because these people have haven't actually lived in the real world. They've they've never actually had to deal with their own actions, right? And so when that happens over and over and mm-hmm. over and over again, you literally live in a different world than most people. Most average people 
if your parents did mm. not have the money to buy you a PR firm, you're probably like an average person. <laughs> and and we get glimpses of average people breaking into certain jobs or certain fields from time to time. But the reality is, is that the power structures that exist in Canada and in the United States are power structures that that enable people like these boys to live that kind of unbelievably privileged existence and find their, themselves right up into the the halls of power, right? A lot of people were making connections between the 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 stuff that that Brett Kavanaugh was saying during his um during the hearings uh around his past and and it was exact it was the exact same thing, right? No consequences, complete ability to do whatever you want. And when you're the person that then becomes the lawmaker or in charge of the of district courts or or cops or um like what the fuck ever in the press then that's that's actually what helps to sow the the widespread disenfranchisement of like average Mm -hmm. people because you can feel Mm -hmm. you feel that doug ford's a fucking spoiled piece of shit that has never ever had to clean up his own mess Mm -hmm. and just imagine like for someone like me it's like unimaginable what it would be like to like live a life (laughs) where you're not constantly trying to think to yourself like what is the consequence of this action like I'm gonna go to this rally and say this thing and who's gonna see me and what's gonna be written about it and how's it gonna be seen and how do I protect myself in the future knowing that that anyone can say anything about me and people will imagine all sorts of reasons for it or or imagine it to be true when it's not like there's there's all sorts of examples truly about that with me right now all over the internet and and it's like wow like what would it be like to be someone who could know that you could be a complete total utter piece of shit for no reason at all other than it just felt good to do that that day, knowing that there are cameras on you and knowing that you are going to be able to buy yourself out of that situation. What does it do to you to be that type of person or to grow up in that kind of world as a young person? What does it say to you if you go to, to St. Michael's College and you know that the, the fucking heinous acts that these kids, the sexual assault that these kids were engaging in against their fellow peers like they know that that shit's awful like what is going on in the heads of someone in in the minds of people who know that they never have to experience consequences it's just it's such a dangerous situation for any sort of a community and just broadly for society yeah yeah and then of course the the question that that I immediately think of is what, what's the kind of person that then jumps to their defense? <laughs> like there's so many people in the press, right? The first major journalist that kind of jumped to their defense was Jake Tapper of the CNN. And then there were connections between the PR firm and his, the owner's roles that he's held, that he's held at CNN. Which he still hasn't had to answer for. Of course not. Because at the end of the day, these folks are all part of the same class. And then in, in Canada, like, um, the, the, the current, they had an unbelievably shitty segment on this where oh, they, yeah. How many indigenous people were on that segment? Oh, like pretty much zero, 100% zero. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. Or, or, or even like they had the fucking reason guy talking about how 
nothing that the boys were doing was racist and that it was the black Hebrew Israelites that were calling them racist and how dare it's always so convenient to have some black people around to blame you know it was fully that it was that was the exact (laughs) way the conversation was set up oh it was black people got it yeah we and no second guessing there obviously no no due diligence no whatever it's cool like there were black people there we figured it out that was the real culprit they forced these kids to wear the MAGA hats. They forced them to end up on the Washington Mall. They forced them to mock uh, Nathan Phillips. And in the end, you know, they were just trying to de-escalate a situation where they were being forced to do all kinds of bullshit. The, the, the discussion as well of, and you, you started this, um, of who is allowed to, to have redemption and who is not given that, that redemption. Like, again, this is sown through every every aspect of how power exists in its in this in in this world in the western world whereas you know we even there there's it's just so common to see in the press for example that a young black boy or teen is called a man mm-hmm. and how adults traits are ascribed to young black kids mm-hmm. boys and girls all the time and the, and, and the media never does the Mia Culpa thing where they're like, holy, whoa, we didn't realize that, you know, she was only 15, right? Mm-hmm. They, there's none of that shit no. ever. And instead, you get Robin Urbach being like, whoa, 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 we totally misread the whole Covington thing wrong. <laughs> I am a fucking class collaborator and fucking Conrad Black himself called me and I have to put this tweet out and I don't know why the fuck CBC pays her salary. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> I also have feelings about her. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but and then there's like another story story there about how the media did respond. So the tweet that describes or the video um, that was contained in the tweet where this happened goes viral. So then it becomes a story that the media takes and talks about. And I should say that some of the things that I'm about to say is like, inspired by a New Yorker article that I read that we'll put in the description for this show. A lot of people, like this this video goes viral, so it becomes a news story. The news has to report on the fact that it's viral and what's happening, the, dis- this, the discussion around it. And then the story switches to saying, you know, like we've, we've wronged these boys and, uh, you know, we've, you know, they're just youth and they were, the story is completely wrong. We got it all wrong. Because the right wing was able to make another story go viral. A contrived story, but they made it go viral. Which begs the question, what the hell is news right now? (laughs) So if I were able to make an entirely other story go viral about how, I don't know, Nick Sandman's father is actually, I don't know, uh lizard or something like i don't know (laughs) like are we like with the news if we just like made something else go viral oh actually there was another group of people there uh a group of of uh i don't know trump impersonators who encouraged uh the black hebrew israelites (laughs) to to uh um, ramp up frustrations among like w- would that then go viral like what yeah. <laughs> and would that then become the news story like in a world where literally 
uh, the presidency of the one of the most powerful states on planet Earth was impacted through the ability to make th- certain things go viral on the internet. Is this really how we should be making news? Because what all that means is that, okay, so whoever can pay for it, and I mean, it's always kind of been this way, but in a, in a whole other type of uh, reality, like whoever can pay for it can just pay for the type of story that they want. Which is kind of how it's always been, but it's just like, it's just like, an, it's, it's just another, a whole other level of that happening right now in this like digital media, social media space. And that's really fucked up. And we're in a place where we need the media to be able to cut through some of this bullshit with at least a little bit of know-how. And I just feel like, oof, we just are not there. Like, Every, I don't know one media outlet who didn't, in their, their official stories, didn't say, like, oop, we didn't really get the story right last time. Here's a broader, a zoom-out look. It, it may have looked a little different. We have to consider that these are young boys also. All impacted by a PR firm and right-wing trolls. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the implications that this has on everything uh, cannot be overstated. No, mm-hmm. cannot be overstated. Yeah, I always get over and understood. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, like, the, like all of the discussions around Russia meddling in the United States election and in politics is kind of the placeholder for what what is really happening here, which is that news is being manufactured, opinion is being manufactured by the right wing troll sphere, mm-hmm. and. And this isn't this is this is the case with everything, every single thing, nothing like the fact that we commonly collectively don't understand that nothing goes viral on its own. (laughs) Nothing goes viral. Things are made viral. Everything that goes viral is made to go viral. And the question is who and how here I'll give you an interesting example. So this past week, um, the Canadian Association of Labor Media, which is the group that I work with. Um, we posted a, uh, a, an update of a um, of a landslide that happened in Alberta many years ago. Many years ago, and killed a lot of workers. It's called the Frank Slide. It's interesting. It's a piece of labor history, and we had hired the normal engagement. And it, and once we got a little into whatever the fuck random echelon it was of higher than normal, trolls got into it. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't nefarious. These were trolls that were just saying, "Wow, what a story." wow, I can't believe this. And then we started to get bombarded with messages, but the messages didn't make any sense. So there's like weird spelling issues or they weren't re- like actually referring to what the, the text of the post was about. Mm-hmm. And so it was like Lynn from fucking Stanton Island telling me like, I wish those boys could live. I was like, what's well, a weird thing to say about a piece of paper history? <laughs> Uh-huh. And I go to her page, and her page is all right-wing conspiracy stuff. Mm-hmm. And this is the case. This was replicated over and over and over. And our engagements went up like 4,000% from what they normally are. And so it's like, okay, there are, there is, we know that all of this stuff is being manipulated. We know that, that, that trolls exist just to amplify certain things, right? Is Ontario Proud actually as popular as it is, or is it 
a little bit more popular than other pages. And then there's just this massive troll army that always has to feed into this because the, the accounts need to look real for their power mm-hmm. to be intact. Mm-hmm. For a journalist to pay attention. Right. And then for something to go viral, then it's like, so then, so then what are those forces? Is this literally just an algorithm gone wrong? Is this, is this AI that's trying to kill us? Is this the Russians trying to make sure that Donald Trump stays president? Or is it what was more likely the case, you know, agencies from who the fuck knows where, whether it's in Canada or somewhere else in the world with tons of Facebook accounts, just completely inventing popularity and it's like, and journalists are just like, they're, they're, you know, they're looking at the story and they're just following it and it's going over here and their eyes are following the shiniest fucking part of it. And it's like, can you look behind the mm-hmm. fucking curtain? Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit more about what's really going on here, please. Instead of just regurgitating whatever these people are putting out, this is such a problem. And, you know, it's the, it's a problem of fast journalism. It's a problem of lazy journalism. And it's a big, big problem when there's a whole sector of our society that can pay for, you know, exploiting this problem that so clearly exists. And so these youth... It's like, you know, I was before we, we actually started recording, like Nora was like, hey, what do you want to talk about? And I'm like, oh, this has been on my mind, but it just makes me so ugh. And it makes me so ugh because it's just such it's such a, a, a terrible, you know, thing to have to uh, confront that are over and over and over again, that the things that people think matter in our society the thing the voices who matter the most uh who gets redemption who has consequences and so on is so hard to penetrate because all it takes is is some access some money and for the vast majority of us we'll never be able to experience that and for a very small sliver of this population um they will never have to experience any sort of even threat to that like iron-clad protection that their social class, their wealth, their whiteness, their manhood will get them. And fuck that. Yeah. That makes me ugh. Oh, yeah. We we are ugh. like things are getting uh, obviously weirder in uh, pretty much every aspect of uh, society, right? Like the earth is fucking accelerating towards destruction. And it was like 50 degrees in Australia. And, um, you know, the United States is organizing a fucking coup in Venezuela and Canada apparently has also played an active role in this. And journalists can't even report on a viral story without looking at the act of going viral. Yeah. That is so bad. It's so bad. You're so fucked. It's so bad. It's so bad. So, yeah. Happy uh, happy Tuesday. Um, <laughs> I, didn't... I mean, the, the, the other thing that I think that I, I really want folks to think about with this stuff, too, is, you know, that the, the, the video itself was compelling for reasons we've already stated, but... It, it's replicated also time and time again in various other videos that go viral. And 
we also like we're not we individually cannot come up against these forces that are manipulating everything that exists online but we also have to be really smart and sharp about what we're what we're sharing how we're sharing it how we're framing certain things um in that case it was like just so horrible to see the these boys being so racist and so disgusting towards uh, Nathan Phillips. I think a lot of people were quick to share it to say, holy, holy fuck, look at this. But in our sharing everything, we are also continuing to, 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 to make the conditions possible that these, that these fake accounts can push things to go viral. Mm -hmm. And it's not good enough for me to say, stop sharing stuff because you know, no one is going to, I'm not going to. to. Um, And at the end (laughs) of the day, you're not going to, it's not our fault. It's not like the collective fault of how we, of how we do things but we do have to be really sharp about what we are sharing because the next time that a video comes out uh that could ruin someone's life because the video was completely taken out of context or it was doctored or it didn't actually happen or whatever the fuck we have to be we have to be really like critical in thinking what are the forces that made this go viral and obviously like this is pretty close to me because like i have gone viral um thanks to people working very hard for it to go viral and the number of like good people who were just like, well, you know, it was just because of what you said or did. And it's like, no, literally like (laughs) I got stuck in a machine. Mm -hmm. Uh, These things are going to get worse. And if, if you're political, if you're in a movement uh, and you're building things like we have to get really uh, good at identifying what something looks like as it's going viral and keeping track of when we see fake accounts or or when we know of a bad Reddit channel like Meta Canada where a lot of bullshit comes out of Meta Canada um, and actually able to see, oh, look, like this is being discussed on 4chan. Like we got to wait for five seconds and it's going to smoke us all in the face very soon because if journalists aren't going to do that work, unfortunately, like we need to make sure that they do. But waiting for them is also not the best idea. <laughs> and we also have to be aware of like what it means like what does it mean that we are willing to take a look at Nick Sandman again and again and again and again and try to really understand where is he coming from who is he really how old is he like do we give him the benefit of the doubt but have automatic suspicion about Nathan Phillip about black people who are present that we know nothing about right like there's a there's an automatic suspicion that is okay in the mainstream media, that is okay in the way that uh, these trolls are trying to make these things go viral and the way that this uh, PR firm is operating, that wants us to investigate, is Nathan Phillips a truthful person? Are these black Hebrew Israelites, like, who are they really? And like, let's all, let's be suspicious of these people. And whether we should or not is not my point. My point is that these people, because of who they are, like there's an auto suspicion that happens there. Mm-hmm. And because of who Nick Sandman is and his all of his buddies, there's an auto, let's re-examine. Let's make sure that we really get this right. Let's take another look and see if we can see this from another angle. And we need to understand how our society is created in such a way that that is the default position that we're in all the time. Where we need to look at someone who's indigenous or black with intense suspicion and scrutiny with the assumption that there's something untoward going on here and look at someone who's uh, a, a young white person and say 
is there really something untoward going on here? Can't we look at this another way? Isn't this explainable? And there's such dire consequences, as can be seen with the U.S. presidency, the premier of Ontario, um, you know, people who are the leaders of Quebec, of New Brunswick, and on and on and on. Like, it goes on, right? <laughs> the consequences are big. St. Michael's College, like, the consequences are really big. So we got to, we just have to have, like, this social media, digital age literacy to really unpack what we're looking at and why it looks the way that it looks and yeah. why we're being fed it in the way that we're being fed it. Don't just yeah. trust Robin Urbach. She ain't trustworthy. Mm-hmm.